basically I started just doing some research and looking at statistics of who is creating the images we see. So for example, in film, 97% of all the films we see are directed by men, mostly white men, by the way. And in photography, the numbers are really similar to that as well as art museums. And so basically everywhere we're looking, we, the, the images of women that we see are made by men. I am an empowerment coach. I am here to empower you to create the life that you want to live. This is Jamie Black. I am your host, and I am here with Sister Leona from Radical Matriarchy. Thank you, Sister, for joining us. Welcome. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm so excited about this. Um, We tried last week, and the energy tried to keep us down, and it's not happening. We are here, and we are doing this interview. So I'm so excited about the work that this sister does. I found her on Instagram, like we all find each other nowadays. And, um, you know, just started with me probably a year ago, just seeing different posts of like women gathering, but like maybe some nudity and there just kept being uh, posts from you being like, this was deleted, this account was blocked, just, you know, and continuing, continuing to resurface in my feed, just, I started to kind of become aware of what was going on over here. And then um, she created something called the weather report, which you all have to go and check it out. So I'll let her tell us about it a little bit, but um, she, the first thing that I saw was there was a story about a woman who was nursing her baby on a playground and um, there was just all this big like to do about it and men coming over and telling her that she needed to leave and not allowed to do that there. And so anyway, that just kind of started and I was like, first of all, whoa, and thank you for sharing that. And that's what Sister Leonia does. She shares about what is going on out there. And so many of us, you know, we don't know, we're just busy kind of like on Instagram or uh, maybe watching this stuff on the news, but not really stopping and being like, okay, this isn't okay and we need to do things. You're really putting yourself like out on the front line there, getting arrested and all of this. So she's got so much interesting stuff to share and important things for us all to listen to. So welcome. Why don't you start telling us about um, the weather report and then, you know, we're just getting into all of it. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Um, Well, I started doing this work a couple of years ago. Just, um, I'm an artist, a visual artist. I do performance, performance art, photography, and basically I started just doing some research and looking at statistics of who is creating the images we see. So for example, in film, 97% of all the films we see are directed by men, mostly white men, by the way. And in photography, the numbers are really similar to that, as well as art museums. And so basically everywhere we're looking, we the, the images of women that we see are made by men. You know, and I was like, okay, wow, that's really interesting. So thus, I want to start seeing images of women made by women. You know, I want to see what women think about, you know, this. I mean, yes, it's a real thing, but it's also a concept. You know, and it's a concept that is being controlled by men. And here, you know, we can see on Instagram and Facebook that women is sexualized. About a year and a half ago, even the hashtag woman and woman, you know, women was was erased from Instagram. So that was 55 million posts. So if you tagged your post, hashtag woman, your posts would not go out to the Instagram sphere. Nobody who was searching for that could find any information. And I was like, wow, yes, this, I have all the documentation. That's in, that's in the first feminist weather report. I reported about that in feminist weather, the very first one, just about how, you know, basically Instagram, Facebook, which is the same entity now is 
hundred percent sexualizing women, like just saying that women are inherently sexual. So thus we need to remove them from the general community because, you know, they're posting a picture of themselves with a t-shirt on or anything. I mean, basically everything is sexual in their minds. That's no longer, um, being shadow banned, but you know, radical matriarchy is definitely shadow banned right now. We're also not on Facebook. So it's just, you know, I've just been seeing the suppression of, you know, our message and all the other, other women, other cis women who are putting this kind of idea out there. It's being erased from the sort of stratosphere of like what we're looking at every single day. And this is a huge, huge problem. And so thus, you know, the things that are being allowed to be seen is like, you can see that they're, when women are showing their breasts or something, it, it can have a kind of an erotic or sexual thing because that's actually what Facebook, Instagram lets through. Right. You know what I mean? They, they want to see the sexualized image. That's okay. Because once you, once you put something over the nipple, once you do that, it becomes sexual. It's like, boop, it's sexualized. You know, you're saying something's wrong with it. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's for feeding babies. You know, like the example that you were talking about, the woman who was shamed on the, uh, on the playground, she was just feeding her baby. And the school principal, a male, felt justified. He felt okay to walk up to her and be like, excuse me, ma'am, you have to go inside on a beautiful sunny day in Arizona. You have to go inside in a dark room and feed your baby. Like, because these other children... Um, might see you feeding your baby. It's like, what, are they hungry? I mean, what's what's the real problem here? You know what I mean? Like the little kids are not sexualizing that mother, except that they are because they're being taught to. Because guess what? When that principal went out and ushered her off of the campus, okay, while she was feeding her baby, that was during recess. They shut down recess for that. So all those little children learned that mommy is sex. You know what I mean? That was the lesson that was being taught that day. Yeah, that's wrong. And that it's wrong. And that it's wrong and it's shameful and it's disgusting and something to be laughed at. And it's just like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. This is like literally a function of the human body. Like, this is what women's bodies do. Yeah, first and foremost. Yeah. So what about this? uh, I was watching also um, about the nipple. And so that, um, the art piece that was done where all of those women were laying naked out in front of yes, and they had the, um, I found what you were sharing about that to be interesting as well. But just, you know, in case anybody doesn't know, you probably know if you're on Instagram, the men are anywhere, right? We can see men's nipples all over the place. Well, that's actually part of the situation that happened when you got arrested just recently. You were there showing your nipples and there was um, someone else maybe even identifying as female, but having a male body showing nipples and right next to each other and you were arrested and this person wasn't. Exactly. And it's like, and there were also, there were cis men and trans women at the event who had their tops off. And then there was me. And I was the only one that was arrested. And they kept telling me there's a sign outside that says no nudity. I'm like, I'm not nude. You know, if, if this, if this man standing here with his shirt off is not nude, I'm not nude either because all human breasts are categorized the same way in terms of medical science, which is, it's called a secondary sex characteristic. You know, it's just, it's a characteristic. That's it. It has nothing whatsoever to do with sex whatsoever. It's not a sex organ on anyone's body, except only cis women are getting arrested. So what and, happens to you in that? What happens to you in the process of arresting you for being nude in public, and then and what? You have to fix the bail to get out, or they hold you for a while? Um, so that time I wasn't. It wasn't actually a formal arrest. They detained me. So they, you know, they kind of publicly arrested me, put me in handcuffs, walked me out, and then once we were behind the scenes, they wrote me a ticket for trespassing. Which at this point, by the way, I haven't received in the mail. They didn't give me a ticket on site. And I haven't received it in the mail. So I think this could be a case where they've dropped the charges because actually anytime, all time, I've been arrested three times. And the first two times was in, one was in Virginia. The other one was in DC. And both those times they dropped all the charges. 
So, you know, cause I mean, I'm not really doing anything wrong. Like it's absurd right. that I would be punished for doing something that literally everyone else is allowed to do. I just want to acknowledge you for doing it and honor you for doing it because it's, you know, we can, we can also all feel like this is wrong, but to actually like put ourselves out there, that's also it's scary and it's really brave um, to be doing that. And that this kind of work that you're doing, this is the only way that changes are going to be made. If everybody exactly. accepts that it's happening, um, you know, or just be like, oh, you know, that's bullshit that, you know, that they were using hashtag woman and removing all of these posts, but then like not doing anything about it. Like, I think, to be honest, like for the most part, people probably just don't even really know what to do. And mm -hmm. what they have to do probably are extreme. And um, what, what can people do? What can women do? So you organize different um like, what would you say, like protests or demonstrations? Yeah, so I organize public protests and demonstrations to talk about, you know, these issues. One of them is women, you know, representation in the arts, for one. I think this is, you know, this is one way that we can change how we perceive women, you know, because right now we're looking at what men want to see. Like, how we can change our minds about how we see women is just look at what women think about women, you know, and, and start to see those images in our popular culture in movies, in the arts, you know, everywhere. So that's one thing that I've been doing is organizing public protests and then the Feminist Weather Report and and also, you know, a huge, something that would change women's lives dramatically would be the Equal Rights Amendment. So I talk a lot about that as well. So we're, you know, the Equal Rights Amendment has been, um, it was put forth about 100 years ago. This Women don't have equal rights in the Constitution, so... The problem with this is, you know, I can't, I can't say no to somebody sexualizing my body. So Instagram, Facebook, even though this is discrimination, I can't sue Instagram and Facebook because I don't have equal rights. You know, if, if Instagram, Facebook were blocking my work because I was a person of color, this would be a huge problem for them. You know, we, you know, that per person of color could sue for discrimination because you know, we, they have equal rights in the Constitution, but women do not have equal rights. Thus, you know, anybody can do what they want. And this, this includes the gender pay gap. So women can't be legislating on their own. They can't call this discrimination. This isn't called discrimination, wow. the wage gap. It's just called every single day in women's lives, you know. Um, some Another example, now you can go to equalmeansequal.org. There's a ton of information about there. They're a wonderful organization who's, you know, putting together a lot of information. But another thing that they point out, which I didn't know, was that on college campuses all over the United States, um, only 40% of college campuses have reported, um, like, a rape or, you know, something like this, like a date rape on their campus. Only 40%. So do you think that means that 60% just don't have those kinds of crimes? Or do you think it's because they're, you know, the institution doesn't have to protect women? You know, and it's like they, they don't have to protect women because women don't have equality. So they don't need to get the infrastructure together to support women. You know, and thus women are, are poor, <laughs> basically is what I'm finding out. So what has to happen? Well, if we pass the Equal Rights Amendment, then women can legislate on their behalf. You know, we can start taking people to court and start challenging these decisions, these kinds of rulings. You know, we can start challenging the principal, for example, you know, who threw the mother off of the campus. It's like, you can't do this. You're not, you're not allowed to do this. This is discrimination. Like, you, we get it. That's what you think. But what you think doesn't matter because women have equal rights, you know? And that's kind of what I'm, I keep trying, especially using the breast as a way to talk about this, because I get it, other people think the breast is sexual, but that's what other people think. The fact is, is it's not, and also it's not for me, you know? Like I love like going outside and checking my mail. Like it's pretty much the most thrilling part of my day because I'm in Arizona right now and I have to go outside to the curb to check the mail and I always go out with my top off. And I'm just like, yes, it's like the freedom of that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go get the mail, you know? <laughs> and it's just, it's, so, it's such a feeling, you know, to just walk out and just check the mail and just be like, and I, I'm, I'm just really 
putting that feeling in and just trying to understand it because there's so much fear there. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh, what if someone sees me? Like even I'm going through this fear and I go out and do this stuff all the time, you know, but every time I do it, I know like you never know what's going to happen just by going out and checking the mail. Like what if somebody drives by or the cops going to start knocking on my door? I mean, this is definitely possible, you know? And it's like, this is crazy. Well, it's, it, it's, this is so deep and it's so huge because also, okay, aside from this getting arrested bit, you know, women have religion, all of that, right? So our bodies have been shamed. So just, even if you're not afraid of like being arrested, going outside and somebody seeing you, um, I was in the desert the other night all by myself. There was like no one anywhere. The moon was full. It was dark. And I was like, I'm taking off all of my clothes and I'm sitting in front of the moon. But seriously, I was like worried about like if there was some trailer over there where they could like see what anyway. It's just like I was so far away, but we have this, we have it, it's ingrained in us. And we don't, we think, oh, well, it's because of what is appropriate or like I'm modest or not modest. And it's like, no, ladies, not even realizing like what has been programmed into our subconscious. Like it's not okay for us to be naked. And then the sense of, crazy freedom of just like I just sitting out in the dark like under the moon just with my clothes off it was insane yeah it's not like an experience that we have and there's another I actually think I did a podcast about it I've definitely written about it um women even just being naked in front of each other is such a weird thing I mean so many of us don't even know what our friends look like naked and exactly it's not to, to know and judge and see and all of that stuff in that way, but it's like, you know, <clears throat> I might know what my friend's hands look like or ankles or legs or knees or whatever, but just there's this whole other like shame thing that happens. Like if we have our tops off or if we don't have, you know, for unclothed. And so being at like these different priestess trainings and doing certain ceremonies where we are um, maybe doing ritual and we're letting things go and we're releasing, we're taking off pieces of clothing or we're getting completely naked and we're walking like through the forest and going and doing some kind of um, like bathing ceremony or something. And of course, mm-hmm. it's sexual, but there's so much shame and we don't realize how that translates into all the other parts of our life, the things that we are shamed of. And so, and then another thing too, it's like, so then we're naked in front of like a couple people in our life. That's it. And maybe the people that we're naked in front, in front of is like our partner that, and, and sometimes those are unhealthy relationships. And so this yes. thing of like not being free, not being naked, not being accepted for what we look like. And then going to the spa, some of my friends will come and I have some friends that won't come, but like going to a Korean spa, we're all getting naked. It's just part of the culture. And there's not, you need to go in all the pools and be clean and not be having clothes on and all of that. And it's just like so uncomfortable for women to do the very first time. The other part of all this too, is like once you start seeing other women naked and lots of women naked together for us, we just start to realize that like our bodies all kind of look the same. There's all these differences, right? But it, this is what the female body looks like, not the what it looks like with bras and everything pushed up and squished into place and, right. and all this thing, but just like, what does the female body naturally look like? And just to be able to accept ourselves in that way. So it's, it's so layered, all of this is so huge. Exactly. And it's, it, it is about rights. It is about us having rights, but it's also about like our personal experience with our own self that we let these laws and all this outside stuff like dictate our own personal experience. And we don't realize how much it affects us. Exactly. Cause like our self is our power, you know, that is our power, our self, our body, you know what I mean? Just our actual, like you said, getting under the moon and feeling the moon on your skin. Like that's so empowering, you know, and to, to fear that experience, to be afraid of just even going to a spa, like, I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, like, and, and how much would women's lives change just to, if they did become comfortable in that space? I mean, I know my life has changed a lot since I started doing this actions, you know what I mean? Just taking my shirt off in public and just ha- how that has affected my personal life, you know, just the trajectory, everything. Cause it's just a, such a huge 
ship, you know, and it's, it's purely in a way physical too, you know, just revealing the, the part of the body that is being shamed. Exactly. So much power in the self and we're not letting women be themselves. You know, we're dictating how women should be. And if they're not how they should be, then they're getting shamed. You know, they get kind of shamed into being how men think they should be even to the point of thinking that, you know, that's the way it is. You know, because that's that's what I hear so much is like, that's just the way it is. It's like, no, that's not the way it is. That's how men have created. This is a man's world. This is a patriarchy. Men are in control. So this is, and it's not even, I, I think, I don't think men are bad. It's just like they're conditioned in a patriarchy to perceive women in this way. So, you know, we need to undo this for them as well. Like this is hurting everybody, the sexualization of women's bodies. It's disempowering women, and it's, I think, really messing up men's minds because their brain gets scrambled. Like, they think that this is how they're supposed to see women. It's like, no, you literally are capable of looking at a woman as a full human being. It's definitely possible. Like, (laughs) you can do it. So let's talk about um, priestess and <clears throat> witch archetypes and, and all of that. So we talk, okay. that, we talk about that here on the show um, because, like, that's my been my personal experience. Like, identifying as a witch, I'm a Scorpio, so from a very uh, young age, I was just kind of, like, into all that. And then as I grew up and started playing music and was like, okay, this is about, you know, the depth within, but, like, also, you know, this uh, dark aesthetic and, and all of this. And then... Um, And then, you know, really claiming like priestess work and and priestess path and all of that. So, you know, again, with this like term witch, somebody just asked me for definition about witch and witchcraft this morning. And I was like, well, the term witch nowadays is being, is part of a feminist movement. The term, Mm -hmm. you know, witch, it was just women that were doing what the church and people like didn't like. And just, it was like being a woman that was woman, witch, it was the same if they were trying to condemn you, kill you, burn you, cut your tongue out, all of that. Um, so it's become this like really powerful reclaiming for women. And that the witchcraft is really just whatever that woman is doing. So, you know, all of us that are like, we do healing work and do any kind of spiritual work. Everybody talks about downloads and listening to their guides. Ladies, all of that is witchcraft. That is all the stuff that everybody was being killed for before. So there's this just in my opinion, reclaiming of this word and let it being empowering. Um, And then, you know, the priestess aspect of that is a little bit more like, what is your calling? What is, what are you taking responsibility for? And what are you taking a stand for? And how are you leading and guiding and teaching? Um, So I I would love to just hear like where you're connecting and where you feel like your role and your responsibility is here. Um, well, I definitely connect with the witch. That's for sure. It's like, you know, I once I had a dream actually, like about 10 years ago, it was during a time when I was like very, um, depressed, you know, and I was sleeping a lot and I had a dream where this woman came and she was riding a broom. Okay. And she had like long gray hair. Of course she was like smoking a cigarette, but like she had a cocktail and everything. I mean, it was like, yeah. Yes. I was, and I was like, and I had this sense that she was like my guardian angel, you know? And I was like, you're my guardian angel. And I'm like, of course, this is why my life is in shambles. My guardian angel is like drunk, smoking cigarettes, riding a broom. Like, <laughs> so she took me on her broom and we like drove up, you know, we were like flying all around and we went up to outer space and we were like sitting on her broom in space, looking at earth and we were smoking cigarettes. And she was like, you know, basically you're having a lot of anxiety because you don't know what's coming up next. Like, you, you know, you're having anxiety because you, you're not, you haven't planned your future and you don't know what's happening tomorrow. And that's really scary. And she's like, but the thing is, is like, that's what real life is like that. Just, you're just living, you know, it's not like living on the edge. It's just living, you know, just being in the now being in the moment is is about not predicting what's going to come next, you know, not creating a situation that you can like manipulate yourself through and come out at the end at the top. You know what I mean? Just kind of like meeting everything, you know, as, as just as it is, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I've been having a lot of conversations and also ways I've been, I've been kind of thinking about like just having conversations in general and like 
there's always this question like, what do you want to get out of this conversation? I'm like, I don't want to get anything out of this conversation. I just want to like chill out. You know what I mean? Enjoy, drink some water. Like, <laughs> you know, this idea of like getting things out of things anyway. So basically I just really resonated with her and like, and just that feeling of really being alive and also that she was riding a broom. And like, so I was really thinking a lot about brooms and like, you know, that a witch basically is kind of scary because she's about to come and clean things up. You know what I mean? She is about to come in and start sweeping it up. And people don't like that, you know, because cleaning hurts because and also because you realize you've been living in shit, too. You know, it's like as you're cleaning, you're like, oh, my God, was I living in this mess? Like, yes, you were. OK, so you need to deal with that <laughs> and try not to do that again. Like, and I feel like Sister Leona and like the work I'm doing in the streets is definitely kind of has that you know, resonance in it. It's like cleaning it up. You know, when I, when I'm coming through with this kind of work, people see the trash, you know, and they're like, okay, so now pick it up. Like, you know, so yeah, that's the witch for me. A broom, a broom, a mop, a dustpan. I've, I've been finding myself doing a lot of cleaning in my personal life too, just as like a meditation, you know, that is how we do work outside. I mean, really, the more the work that we do inside, um, you know, we know that's like as within, so without, like you want trying to create, create turn, change on the outside, you change on the inside, change on the inside, you create change on the outside. The work, so we, we all, so I talk a lot about sacred purpose and like I believe that we each have a specific purpose and it can branch out like a tree and an umbrella and there could be many things that you do like under this one purpose but i totally believe the whole reason that you're in that body grew up where you did look like what you look like it's all part of it it's all part of serving your purpose mm-hmm. so oh, what was i gonna say <laughs> <laughs> um serving the purpose which is well, okay, so all so we were talking about cleaning and, and yeah. um, all of that. So it's like, you know, our spirit is inside our particular vessel. And this vessel, this is an emotional body. And we, it also has like a subconscious and a conscious, but we've learned all of these programs, right? And we're in the matrix. We have um, all of this unconscious paradigm and blocking limiting beliefs and all of that. So we've learned all of these things from the ways that we've grown up. And as we do our inner work, as we look into our shadows, as we take responsibility for who we have been, clean it up so that we can move into like who we're supposed to be being. And we're supposed to be being all of that, the whole process all the way through. But the more that we do that work actually gives us the tools. It gives us the keys that we need. It helps us to understand the others, um, all the others for sure, but especially the others that like we are meant to come in contact with where we all have similar kind of things going on. So we're vibrating at similar frequencies depending on where we are in our evolutionary process. So all of that internal work is so, so important. You have to get through your own muck. Like you have to go into the darkness. It's, I mean, being a Scorpio, I love all of that stuff. I'm like, that's where the <laughs> secrets are. You know, anybody yes. played Legends of Zelda growing up, we were just talking about, you know, <clears throat> the age that we are in human life here. And it's like, I grew up playing these these types of video games that were like, you know, very, they were like fantasy games, but you would, you know, have to go through the forest and then go through this battle over here and then you would get this potion and then you would go over here and you would get this thing. And that's how I feel like our life experiences. And so um, for you, your life probably is a little bit more on the edge than other people. So that's the thing. Like we want our life to be on the edge and that's what happens when you do your inner work, because it allows you to be more present here, not stuck in your past, more present. Mm -hmm. It causes you to be more brave, more aware of what your strengths are, more humble in ways of like, okay, this is not my strength or this is my weakness. And there's like openings there. Um, So anyway, all of it, like that, the self, if you're trying to help other people, you got to work on yourself. Yes, definitely. Like create big change out here. You have to work on yourself because you are going to block yourself. There's going to be fear. There's going to be discouragement. There's going to be um, insecurity, all of that. And it's that shows you actually where you have to work. So how do you feel? Okay, I love this. I'm really thinking about the inner work. And how, how do you feel the priestess can help us do the inner work? Okay, so... <clears throat> 
that we're living in this very interesting time where it's like people are, it's like this age of, of awareness and information and people are aware of past lives. Some people have specific memories, but we're all becoming aware of the lessons that we've learned and the things that we know. So priestess is an archetype. So many of us have actually been priestesses and practiced that path in life. And so she's inside of us. Okay, so she, she's the powerhouse inside of you, but she's quite possibly sleeping. She's also like very sensitive, very psychic. The priestess is of service, right? She dedicates herself to, there's different goddesses, to spirit, to the path, because um, also we're living in this age. It's not the same as it was before, but she's completely surrendered her, her ego to the purpose that she's supposed to be serving. So I do a lot of work with bringing women into this place and identifying her and waking her up and then empowering her and then taking full responsibility as her and stepping forward. So there is a process and there is like a gentle process. There's a loving process. It all has, all includes like accepting ourselves, loving ourselves, um, identifying as the female parts that have been shamed and all of that. Um, and she is, I mean, she is, she is the leader. She's the teacher. And she doesn't have to just be all soft and like, you know, quiet. No, she can have a loud, roaring voice. It's just that she takes responsibility for the mission, for her purpose, and she charges forward with it. And she, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like, you know, you sacrifice yourself in the way. You, uh, you give up your insecurity. Even if you have it, you give up your fears. And so, I mean, you're definitely doing that type of work. The witch is like, it's a way, <clears throat> it's like a magical way that like we're identifying with that energy, right? And I, seeing that we're her and seeing that we have the power and the priestess, I feel like is the part of that. They go together because I identify with both. The priestess is, is the one who says, I'm working on myself and I am, I, 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 I just use, my, use myself in the process and I step forward and I lead. And I just, you know, like what you're doing, there's a lot of people, probably like family members and things like that, because it could be very opinionated about what it is that you're doing and you're causing problems and all of this, but there's something yes. inside of you that knows. So for example, I'm doing this work. I'm not doing the work that you're doing. Um, I've always kind of shied away from political stuff because when I was younger, I used to just get so enraged about all of it, like politics, religion. When I was around 19, I was like, I'm not. I'm not doing this. They're going to kill me. Like, I have to just get out of this kind of thing. And um, so that's why you're so inspiring to me. And the different, I have, there's only a few, really. I only have a few friends that are really, truly activists. And really, their whole life is about that purpose. And um, there's not eating animals, not shopping at these stores, not putting their money over here. And it's really important for the rest of us. Maybe you're not so um, committed in that way to see. And so you have a very specific purpose to be on the edge, to lead, to be on the front line. And that is a very priestess path. Awesome. Yeah. I've never really kind of resonated with the priestess, but now that we're talking, it makes me feel like maybe it's because my priestess is kind of asleep a little bit. You know what I mean? Like she needs to be revived. Like she's kind of been through a lot and she was like, you know what? I think I shall go to bed for the next hundred years. So she went there and she, I think she's still there maybe like, cause you know, I definitely have struggled a lot kind of meeting what needs to happen with radical matriarchy on the terms of leadership organization and stuff like that, just because, you know, I've never really been great at doing that kind of stuff. You know, it's just, it takes a lot of responsibility, you know, and also confidence, which I'm working on a lot too. And I feel like the priestess could maybe help me kind of, regain that confidence or something, you know, I think a lot of women struggle with that too. Just, just having no confidence, like not really believing like in a way that things are going to work out because so much has not worked out before, you know, it's like an indicator of what's going to happen in the future is what happened in the past. It's like, well, shit, I mean, I should just jump off a bridge right now then because nothing good is coming, you know, and I don't think I'm alone saying that. And so I'm definitely trying to turn the story around for myself, I think the priestess could be really helpful, Absolutely. you know, like Absolutely. a powerful force. <clears throat> One, I have tons of information to share with you. Um, there's a lot of work that I do around that. I've met some other incredibly powerful women on my 
on, um, they've been on the podcast too, like on my journey that also have been like really activators for me. I used to identify with the priestess, like just in secret. Like I read the Mists of Avalon when I just got out of high school and, you know, I was living in LA. And so I was learning about LA culture and it was all like black clothes and coffee and, you know, drugs and music and all of this. And it was like, I I was, you know, but in my past life, like I identified this way. And um, it's only been in connecting with other women that identify that in the same way that has like brought it out of me. It was always kind of like the secret thing. It's kind of in my music. It's all kind of like a romantic idea um, when, so that's why what's happening and why I try to bring women together. So I try to do it online here in the podcast, but I have circles and I have trainings where I try to pull these women together so that we can sit in circle and that we know that we're not alone there's many of us that are doing this work. You and I were just, you know, we were talking about this before we got on the live and it's like, we do so much and it's kind of so overwhelming, but we're still, you know, burning through it and doing all of this, but it's like, we need help. And so as <laughs> women, we need to help each other. Like yes. there's other ladies that you can find that maybe are doing their work and you can learn from them by working with them. You can learn how, and you can get more help getting your own message out there by like working with women. And so the first thing that has to happen is all of the wounding and all of that has to be dealt with. Like when women sit in circle together, oftentimes it's the first time that they've ever done so. Once they do it, then they get what it is and then they start coming. But we're healing all of this shit. We're healing from the witch wound. We're healing from, you know, millions of us being killed and murdered by the church for being in our power, for being witches, for being priestesses. And so all of that is very alive in people nowadays. And it's, they kind of start to wake up to this. They start to realize what are all the things that have happened to us between who I was then and who I am and where I am in life now. And that what, how it heals it is really just like sitting in circle with other women, just forgiving because it helps us forgive ourselves. And um, it's something that starts to just kind of happen right away. Like once you get there and make that happen and, so, um, you know, it's all, all of it. The work that we are all doing, it's for all of us. It's for all of us. It's not just the women. It's for all of us. It's for this healing. It's for this movement. Um, but it's the same as doing the inner work. So we as women, if we work together, when we support each other, even if we don't totally agree with exactly what that other person is doing, like the support is important. And finding the women that you do align with and finding them, Find them on Instagram, find them on Facebook, connect with them, like try to go to people's retreats and sit in circle with each other. Um, It's important. Awesome. You make it sound very doable. It is. It is. There just has to be the desire to do it. It's so easy for us to just sit at home, you know, and this is another thing too. I try, it's not just the women that you see. Like, okay, so I, I can be seen because I do these things like on Facebook and you are being seen because of the, well, of the statements that you're making out of public for getting in trouble, the, the work that you're doing over on Instagram, you're being seen. So all the other women, maybe some people think, oh, well, I'm not the same as that because they're being seen and I'm not, you know, the, just the difference is you just jump in. You just yeah. jump in and you get involved. And, and it is it is easy. It just takes the decision of stop making your slave life and your slave job and all that stuff the most important. It's going to be scary. You stepping out and maybe not everybody wants to get arrested, but seriously, that's the work. Like putting yeah, exactly out there. People are going to judge. And that's also why I say like, if all of us as women can try to help support each other, regardless of the differences of maybe interests or specific things that we're doing um, in general, just to support like women overcoming the shame and silence for all this time. You know, I, you, um, it, it, something that you were, you were showing all these like women artists, these like women, very accomplished women artists from like way back when that we don't even know their names. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. The erasure of women is something I'm super, super concerned about. Just, you know, we see it happening now in time on Instagram, Facebook, but it's been happening for all time, you know, all time. And we're, you know, we just, we, we have not seen women's expression 
like what comes out of women, you know, what that, you know, what it sounds like, what it looks like. We just, we really don't know. And, you know, also the women who are making it through, I believe are making it through because, you know, men, it it satisfies what men think should be coming through. You know what I mean? Because ultimately that work is going in their galleries and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, oh my gosh. Actually, I just learned something recently. Frida Kahlo, like, never um, was financially independent in her entire life as an artist. I'm like, this is, like, frustrating. And now, okay, a man has her face. He's, like, licensing her face. So now a man is making money off of her face, you know, her image. And it's just, like, this is insane to me. Like, and this is happening right now. You know, this is happening right now today women artists one of the feminist weather reports you know i kind of point this out especially with the whole spencer tunic we the nipple yeah. thing you know pointing out the the trouble with that action and you know how that really we the nipple hurts women like big time you know because we'll just share that i share a little bit about that story um, so We the Nipple is a was basically launched by the National Coalition Against Censorship. Um, they were talking, you know, they were challenging Facebook, Instagram for the the erasure of art, of you know, the erasure, the censorship of art on Instagram, Facebook. So they used Spencer Tunick, you know, to talk about this. He's an artist, he's a photographer, and you know, they created We the Nipple, which suggests that it's about the sexualization of women's bodies. You know, it's called We the Nipple. So it's about women's nipples. No, actually, it was about art in general. And art in general is is white men. That's, you know, that's the fact. So basically, there's so many levels why this is wrong, but you have, like, a white male artist talking about an issue that affects only women you know, something he's never even heard anything about. Also, they use the concept of a male pasty over a woman's nipple. That concept was by a woman artist named McCall Hebron. She was never credited throughout, you know, the, um, you know, the publicity of this work. She wasn't, her name wasn't mentioned in the Artnet article, in the hyperallergic article. It wasn't uh, mentioned on the first Instagram post about this. Um, so, I mean, how many ways in which this is bad, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and then I actually asked him, I was like, okay, so would you support a radical matriarchy action on Facebook, Instagram? Because I'm also a photographer like Spencer Tunick. I also do street performance like Spencer Tunick. You know, I do everything that he's doing. So would you, I asked him if they would support my effort doing something, which would basically just be publicity, you know, because I could actually just produce it myself. And they were like, um, no, we can't do that because that's now it's a partisan issue. You know, we don't deal with partisan issues. This is about the censorship of art in general. I'm like, well, why are you calling it me the nipple? Why are you acting like it's, you know, women's right? And it was also posted on the Free the Nipple Instagram. They, you know, a lot of the women who are part of that were involved in the actual action. I mean, it was bad. And so thus, you know, 20 years from now, when we're looking back on this and it's like, you know, 2019 women's rights, you know, Spencer Tunick's name is going to be in the headlines, you know, and radical matriarchy might not even show up at all because our work has been censored in a race since the day we started posting, which is why I'm going to be leaving Instagram. So I'm kind of like gearing up to leave Instagram at this point. What are you going to do? Are you going to um, go to YouTube? Yes, I'm definitely migrating over to YouTube because the work isn't being, you know, I'm, I'm doing video work now, and I think it's a great way of kind of putting all the thoughts together. And anyway, they're not censoring the work. But what's what I what still needed is like a way of, you know, having a community. So I'm looking at some other options for community organizing, other platforms. Um, so I'm not... I'm not exactly sure, but I just, you know, I, it's like an ethical issue for me at this point, you know, like I feel like I'm supporting, no, I am supporting them, you know, I mean, my presence is supporting them, even though I'm yelling and screaming the whole time, I'm still doing it on their platform and I'm still on some level supporting the sexualization and erasure of women's bodies, so... I mean, basically, I, and I've, I've been reading a lot about Gandhi and stuff, who I love so much, and 
you know, he's basically all about non-compliance. You know, just if you're complying, if you're participating at all, then you're part of the problem. Mm. So just get off, walk away, you know, and just, but I'm, so I'm trying to get there, but you know, when I started this two years ago, I didn't know all the things I know now, you know? And so I, I have invested a lot of time in Instagram because I'm an artist and the work I'm putting out there is visual, you know, Instagram seemed like the likely platform. And, you know, so I'm kind of kicking myself because I've invested two years of time and it just, it's been like bashing my head up against the wall, but I'm just glad that I'm kind of at least where I'm, I am now, where I feel like I can just walk away and go somewhere else, even though I shall miss it because I love the face. Um, you know, I love putting on the hats and the fake lipstick and stuff. So <laughs> yeah, it's all the really enjoyable to watch. So you crack me up. Um, okay. So do you have like, do you have a Patreon? Do you have a website? Do you have a place that people can go to contribute to your efforts? Do you have that kind of thing set up yet? Well, I had a Patreon, but our Patreon was sexualized and it's suspended at this point. Yes. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. Actually, I put a lot of effort into the Patreon and I was really starting to move it forward in terms of, you know, just putting it out there. We were doing well and... Um, there was a picture on, uh, in the banner, you know, the kind of the leading picture was a picture of me in Texas, Dallas, Texas at an action I did, I was topless and I was standing with four teenage girls, a lot of them with braces in their face. They were like 13, 14 years old and Patreon calls that sexual content. So they're like, if you don't remove this, then we're suspending your thing. I'm like, well, if you're going to call this sexual content, I'm out of here. You know, I'm not going to be giving you 20% of every dollar I make. If you're going to call these 13 year old girls sex, they have braces in their face, you know, and they're standing with me because I'm like, you know, a hero in their eyes. They're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe like you're standing here in Texas. I'm like, it is legal, honey. Okay. State of Texas it's legal for women to be okay actually it's legal in most states in the united states there's only two states where it's definitely illegal and arizona. everywhere else yeah no not arizona it's you can protest here okay. but i was on private property so that's the distinction there's public property and private property so private property can have their own rules um yeah so that's what they do and women don't have equal rights, so discrimination doesn't enter into the conversation. But in public property, it's legal most places in the U.S. It's only illegal in Utah and I think Kentucky or something like that. But everywhere else, if you say you're protesting, it's legal. I mean, even my arrest, my arrest in Virginia, they dropped all the charges. So it was interesting because the cop didn't know the law, okay? All he saw was my breasts, and he just forgot what the law was. The magistrate forgot what the law was. The judge forgot the law. You know, it's like the law is, we have a First Amendment right in this country. Okay, you're allowed to stand up for your rights. And that's what I was doing. So, hello. And anyway, so, yes. (laughs) I just, I really honor you for your work. Tell us how to find you. So if there's women that maybe are in your area or that want to come, See what you're doing or support you yes we're gonna we got to have some talks about like you know you can have some kind of donation button or something like that on your page um right because this is also how people that don't live close like can be involved and support what you're doing you need to get a book out there even if it's just like a book of all your images of all the stuff so that people can see it it's like it's the way you know it's the way now and the work that you're doing is really important and if you know there's not very many of you. It's a very, very small percentage, and we need you to be doing what it is that you're doing. And when they just keep shutting you down all over the place, um, there needs to be, like, support and funding and all of this to, like, keep you going in yeah. other ways. Yeah. Yeah, so thank you so much, my sis. I guess Instagram is still where I'm at right now, so that's the best place to find me, Radical Matriarchy, and Instagram. Um, we'll be there for at least on that place. I'll be making announcements about where we go. So I'm in Arizona right now, basically at my mom's house, trying to figure out how and what, you know, because I just invested so much time in all these things and based, you know, the Patreon, the Instagram, all this stuff. So I'm really, I am shifting gears big time 
right now about where radical matriarchy is headed and how to best kind of support this work, you know, because I agree it really needs to be there. And also, I just can't stop doing it. Like, you know, it's just, it's coming through me and I'm like, you know, I just, you know, what can I say? It's your mission. Yes, I am on a mission. Yeah. As you are too, my sis. I'm really excited about this priestess stuff. Thank you so much. I'm really going to be meditating on this and just the idea of taking responsibility and, and really doing the things that are necessary and needed in order to build and, you know, take care of that thing, the empire. Yeah, absolutely. So let me just jump over here and see if there's anyone that's live that has any questions. Um, if any of you do have questions and we're not getting to any of them um, live, uh, if you're on Facebook, you could leave um, some questions. And um, like Sister Leona said, she's on Instagram. But if you're just on Facebook and you're trying to get in touch, please contact me. Um, let's see. Okay, I don't really have any yeah, and actually, I think we do, we do have a Facebook, you know, Radical Matriarchy has a Facebook, and there are other people who are administrators on there, so if people do send a message, that they'll get it and then send it to me as well. It's just I'm my personal account is blocked, and thus I can't get to our Radical Matriarchy, and thus, you know, anyway, it's still a telephone, I guess. I'll, I'll grab that link. I'll put it in over here on the Facebook, awesome. and then I'll put all of your information in your links on the podcast episode that goes out. Um Sister, I'm so inspired by you. Thank you for agreeing to be here and share with us. It's been lovely spending this time with you. Thank you so much, Jamie Black, Priestess. Thank you for bringing the Priestess vibes into my life, my sis. I'm looking forward to meeting you in person at maybe one of your retreats or something like this. So thank you so much. I'm actually interested in having you come uh, for one of these functions that I do and sharing your personal experience. Like that's how we're all learning nowadays. It's from each other, from our personal experience. And so... Um, anyway, you're doing really good work. So I'm on your side. I'm on your team over here. Thank you, my sis. Love you so much. So have a wonderful rest of your day. Blessed be. Thank you too. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay, Bye. Thank you all for listening. If you are enjoying the podcast, please go over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. It really means a lot to all of us here. You can find me at jamieblack.com. If you'd like to subscribe to the newsletter, you'll get a free download of the theme song of this show. You can also send me any private messages there. I'm always happy to hear from you. Blessed be.